Hello there, everybody. It's me, Gary Kidney, the co-host of You've Got to Be Kidding Me on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. And I am Liam Jones, my full name, and I am also a part of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network as a co-host, but you've got to be kidding me. We are a TNA history podcast that covers TNA one month at a time. We cover all the drama, all the matches, all the Vince Russo nonsense you could ever want in your life. Have you you heard of TNA? I bet you have. But would it be funnier if two people made jokes over it the whole time? Probably. So if that sounds like fun to you, check it out on this very Voices of Wrestling podcasting network, and Liam will do bits and whatnot. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello everybody and welcome to the- Oh no, we said we're not going to do that. Hello everybody, welcome to the Super Jcast. I'm Joel, Hi. joined by Damon McDonald. It is Wednesday the 11th of October 2023. This is episode 276, which I had proposed that we do in ladies' voices, but uh, Damon didn't like that idea, so you've got him to blame for us doing it in our boring, normal voices. I didn't what am I doing, Damon? Why, why have I started the podcast like this? This is awful. Well, look, I mean, uh, we uh, decided not to just because it would be incredibly weird and somewhat hard to uh, uh, keep up. And also, uh, I don't know why we would talk. I don't know who talks. Nobody talks like that. That's, that's, a, that's a terrible lady's voice. I'm just going to say it. It should be, um, hey, everybody, my name is, my name is, Ophelia, <laughs> you know, deep. <laughs> so, if we do get the Patreon off the ground, we can uh, do that. Like listeners can pay amounts of money to request us to do in different, a podcast yeah. in a, a particular silly accent. Yeah. Now we're talking. Now, see, every day, it's uh, it's some. Not, I wouldn't say it's difficult, but it's um, you know, we're always trying to keep it fresh and keep it new and keep it uh, keep the energy up. Because you guys and gals, uh, you 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 uh, spend your hard time listening to this, so uh, we try to make it fun. But but this is fucking bombing big time. So let's just move on. What do you say? <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> we're probably going to be dropping below two thousand listeners <laughs> at this point. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, I'm not. We're not divulging our uh, listenership. Um, no, that was just a, a, a number that I just made up. No, actually, actually, it was a little higher, uh, which was uh, quite honestly, I was surprised at anything over six. To be quite truthful, I was uh, shocked and and uh, pleased to see uh, decent decent numbers. Uh, you know, whatever. We're not listen. We're not making rich. We're not making rich. We're not getting rich off of this. But uh, I don't know. I just kind of weird to see the number, and I was like, oh, okay. Not bad, not bad. And then the, our bigger shows do well. And who the fuck cares? Nobody cares about this. <laughs> By the way, well, we, we can finish the, every part of this. Like everything, we go. Hey, what do you think about? Uh, what do you think about Sonata and even No one gives a fuck. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was going to ask, what do you think of the uh, New Japan Standard Business Presentation? You said nobody cares. So. Um, to the next segment. Well, I mean, look, I think there's uh, some definite weirdness going on isn't there isn't there some weirdness going on there is weirdness it's i mean on the topic of us doing uh ladies things that people don't want to uh consume 
there's the uh, the the whole stardom situation. That's a really tenuous segue, isn't it? Yeah, I, was... I tried really hard and just absolutely butchered that. But uh, anyway, so um, I'm going by the notes here. So uh, Effing Kenta on uh, Reddit is a really good write up of the uh, business presentation. So uh, he says that uh, if it is a he, I don't know. I don't yeah, know you don't know. You're are. assuming. Effing Kenta. A lot of assuming. Going Get on. in touch. Let us know. You, you do good work. Yeah. I, I appreciate you. Uh, so Stardom's holding a show at Tokyo Dome City Hall a few hours before Wrestle Kingdom 18. The main event will be an IWGP Women's Title match. But that does mean uh, there will be no stardom talent involved at wrestle kingdom 18 which is quite quite surprising and quite disappointed there's other sort of bits and pieces about uh the revenues gone up and talking about the youth movement and ticket sales new new japan world's coming on november 9th blah 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 blah. but that's my biggest takeaway sort of looking at uh, again sort of new japan's track record of introducing uh new championship belts with a clear, clearly defined ethos being like, yes, this is the belt for this thing. And then, you know, a year later, it's completely abandoned and forgotten about. So I think it's important to view this through the lens of the fan feedback. And there was a, a fan poll where they're asking fans if they're in favour of women's wrestling in New Japan. And 58% of women said they were strongly opposed to it. 58% so, of women? Uh, I mean... Yeah, 58% of women said they're strongly opposed to women's wrestling in NJPW. And I've heard anecdotal evidence of like when they have their sort of stardom offer matches in the shows, just enormous queues for the women's toilets. So hmm. not for nothing, as you would say. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the men seem kind of ambivalent on it. I mean, 18% said highly supportive, 41% said supportive, 26% said opposed, 16% said strongly opposed. But yeah, um, with the women, twenty three percent say opposed, fifty eight percent strongly opposed. Huh. So, why do you think that yeah. is, Andrews? I don't want yeah. to be reductive and say something foolish like you know the women just want to see the hunky men, right. but I mean there's obviously some sort of disconnect there, and it would appear that that's having an effect on the booking because you cannot find either of these women's championship belts, either this or the strong one with a search party, can you? I mean, obviously there's been injury situations and that, but it seems like they're sort of quietly backing away from what they had promised, which I mean, for me, I find that disappointing because I was enjoying having the stardom off a match. And, you know, maybe this is just people will say to me, okay, well, if you like the stardom stuff, go and subscribe to stardom and support them. And yeah, fair enough. But I still think I, I liked it. I mean, I don't know what else to tell you. I thought it was good. I thought they sort of put the best foot forward. I put they put some really interesting, exciting matches on the big New Japan shows, and I thought that was a good sort of proof of concept. Having that IWGP Women's Belt defended at the top shows, and you know, give us a little uh, teaser of all the great stuff over there. But uh, looks like it's uh, going down the shitter. That's weird. I mean, why would they? just put so much effort and energy into it. I mean, and it doesn't even seem like it's that much. Um, and then just throw it aside and toss it aside. I don't understand that at all. Um, you're right. It does feel like it's, it's like, okay, well, it's just, I don't, I don't, I, here's the thing. I don't know on what level they expected, like what was their expectations other than, okay, people would be more interested in seeing, even if it's at this base level, people would be more interested in seeing 
that title being defended on a dome show as opposed to, I don't fucking know, Toro Yano against I mean, whomever. You know, like I just yeah. I mean, I mean the, the toilet thing, right? We, I have been at the Tokyo Dome and seen people uh, queuing up at the toilet for like Tamatonga matches, and they didn't Juice pull Robinson. the plug on him. They, yeah, <laughs> right. They were quite persistent with getting them over. Yeah, I don't understand that at all. And you, and here's the thing: it if you're just looking for pure entertainment value, like I would think that the a a, a title match for the IWGP women's championship would be just on paper. I don't care who the fuck they put in there for that title match. Like it would be miles better than any kind of, you know, you know, you know how you like to open up the fucking dome with a hot junior tag match. Okay, great. But I think, it, you know, very could possibly be comparable to that. And nobody bitches and moans about that. I, I don't understand. I, I and that you are so right in the sense that this this they just they're like they're like fucking I hate to say it but they're like me with the fucking ADHD. Oh, I like drums. Well, that, that stop. Oh, I like barbecue. Well, I got a fucking seven hundred dollar grill. Oh, I like you know what I mean. Like it's just like they can't fucking stop looking at the shiny thing. Ah. <sighs> All right, well then, how, how is it that the KOPW Championship is still outliving thing. some of these other stronger concepts that they've introduced in more recent years? Yeah, I, I mean, I, you would think. Look, everything in pro wrestling, to a certain degree, takes a little bit of reeducation and 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 you know, getting used to. And but like, if, like if you consistently do it. And it's not like people are walking out of the fucking building, but you got to give people a reason to care. Like, and if people aren't dumb either, like the idea that I'm supposed to be all into it when the company obviously isn't, it's like, what the fuck are we doing? And, and just think of all the wasted energy, just think of all the wasted energy over for, for years over, uh, you know, Women wrestlers being a focal point of New Japan Pro Wrestling, right? And if for that argument was going on for for what felt like an eternity, and then it finally happens, and then we forget about it. <laughs> it's so like I just think of all the fucking headaches and all the discussions and all the fucking tweets and everyone fucking grandstanding. And everyone feeling good about themselves because, boop, done. <laughs> We're not doing it anymore. It's fucking unbelievable. Whew. Just And here's the thing, too. I don't give a shit about their revenues at this point because some of it, I think, they're, it's, it, they're blending money. You know what I mean? Like, it feels like there's money coming in there. Of course, they're going to be better because pff, they're, they're selling tickets. Okay, whatever. However, they're fucking cooking their books. Great. We're dying for new faces to look at this product and enjoy this product and consume this product. And if that was one avenue, great. Done. <laughs> you know what I mean? Let's just cut off another fucking section of a fan base. Um, but here's the thing. If, if the surveys are correct, 
then then you know what? Maybe they are catering to their audience. Yeah, maybe maybe a a uh, homegrown Japanese based fan base might be a little bit different than that of a Western, right? Hmm. Interesting concept, right? All right. Where's the Puro Power Twitter account when you need? Them? You know, I'll tell you what. Let me ask you this: Where's, Is this? Does that officially mean? Not officially mean, but like, does that kind of signal uh, we're, we're done with the Monet experiment? Uh, well, they didn't mention anything specifically about her. I'm just going by the uh, notes here, and it says that but basically your mileage may vary on whether she counts as a stardom talent. Because no. if she doesn't, then, you know, there's potential that she might have a showcase match no. at, uh-uh. at Wrestle Kingdom. But no. it, said, it said no stardom talent involved at Wrestle Kingdom 18. They did say the historic crossover show would be back in some form next year. Um, but again, that's a shame because I thought it was really fun last year. I thought it was a really a sort of nice way. Where, what month was, what? It? was that, like November or something? Yeah. I thought that was good. And then they've not bothered to do it this year. And, you know, there's all these matches going on with the IWGP Women's Championship that we just have no way of watching. It's, Unbelievable. It's bizarre. It is bizarre. And here's the thing, too. If they pull one of those things where she gets a match on that fucking dome show and the champion... The IWGP Women's Championship does not. Oh, you don't think there's going to be some people that are going to be a little bit upset with that? If I'm working stardom, if I'm making the fucking trip to stardom, and I'm not on the show, and, you know, we're... Look, she's obviously the most recognizable name, but still, what what a slap in the face. Woof. Mm, goodness. Well, New Japan, never, <laughs> never, never a dull moment with those fuck faces up there. Whew. That's why like, they've introduced such a high volume of new championship belts that it just makes me, you know, they're going to do it again. Like, what's the over-under on the amount of new belts that are going to be introduced next year? Yeah. And then uh, disregarded in six months' time. So it just makes me sort of, sort of want to keep it at arm's length. Like, no point getting excited about something and prognosticating because you you know ne- you never know they've got a very short attention span when it when it comes to a lot of these titles. They really do. My goodness, it is amazing. It does it seem that difficult? I mean, like on the surface, does it seem that fucking difficult to be able to manage? That's your job to, to you know come up with creative storylines and keep everything rocket. I mean, again, contracts are one thing and, and injuries and all, but boy, it, it seems like they they can't get out of their own fucking way sometimes. It really does, and that's. Again, one of the, the biggest frustrations I think a lot of people feel with this company right now. Uh, all right. Well, let's. Uh, there is quite a lot to talk about today. We've got Destruction of Yogoku. We've got uh, Royal Quests coming up this weekend, which I keep forgetting I'm going to. Oh. So that's exciting. We'll get onto that for sure. Um, lots of questions in the back. Let's get on to uh, Destruction in Yogoku then. So we kicked off the show. Well, first of all, what do we think of the number? It was um, uh, not on the <laughs> website. I think it was about 5,000 people mm. in Sumo Hall. Is that a, a good number? Is it a shit number? Or is it somewhere in between? Uh, I think... Uh, I, I wouldn't say it's complete shit, but uh, I think I think we stepped in it a little bit. <laughs> let's, let's put it that way. It's not a great number, right? It's a... Uh, I would... I would Look, given the, the lineup, I'm, I'm actually surprised that many people were there. Um... 
Yeah, I'm a little, I'm disappointed with that number. You? Uh, yeah. I mean, for Sumo Hall, that's 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 not great, is it? I mean, I'm just looking at uh, what the recent numbers are like there. So the G1 final. I mean, obviously that's the G1 final. That did eight thousand two hundred eighty-three. The uh, G1 semi-finals did six thousand five hundred and seventy-nine. Uh, the All Together Again show did 6,569. Uh, Sakura Genesis did 6,510. So, yeah, it's it's not great. Yeah. And the problem is in a building like that, it's noticeable. You know, it's like you, you see that. Um, it may not seem like a huge difference, but in a building like that, you definitely see it. So, yeah. But, again, like I said, I think that they did themselves zero favors with any hype, any excitement. Uh, an unsexy lineup, and you know you you were going into it with a main event that was was anybody really thrilled with that? Um, and juniors carrying the show, it felt like. And you know, unfortunately, historically, when you have shows like that, they they tend not to do as well um, across the board. So, I, I mean, it's just the way it is. Yes, that's correct. Sorry, I just went to go and get my phone because the the uh, the website's not loading on my MacBook for some reason, and I want to get the results. Like back in the day, David, you could pull up the results of a New Japan show on their website as the show was happening. Not the case anymore. It can go. You can go several days without the results page being updated. Now let's see if they actually have the results for uh, this destruction show. Let's see. Is making for great radio. Uh, okay, <laughs> got him. No. Yes, we got. Yeah. Them. Well done. Well done to whoever's updated the website. So, got to do it on my phone here. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we kicked off the show with a twenty-minute dark. Well, not it wasn't a dark match. Pre-show match, mm-hmm. we'll call it the Frontier Zone. So this was uh, Oscar Loiber. Yusuke Taguchi, Tiger Mask, Toriano, and Yoshihashi defeating the team of Takahiro Katori, Jun Masawaka, Kengo, Kazumasumi, and Takeshi Masada. So Taguchi got the win over Takahiro Katori with uh, the Omai and Garanko after 8 minutes 14 seconds. So it seems like this is sort of an ongoing conceptual idea they have, which how long is that going to last <laughs> as we've been discussing, but basically outsiders versus new Japan talent for like a little dark match to showcase some of the talent across the uh, progress scene in Japan. So this time we had a mixture of, I think it was DDT and freedoms talent. I don't know if this is a, an attempt to sort of batten down the hatches for the impending invasion of NXT Japan, but uh, it had its moments. I mean, I enjoyed uh, Oscar Loiber getting to work the monster style against uh, Kazuma Sumi, who's uh, quite a, a short gentleman. Uh, I started to get excited for Loiber. I think the more I'm seeing of him, the more I'm thinking this guy is starting to show and project the monster energy that we like to see in our big boys in New Japan. And uh, for those who have been following, we've got this sort of ongoing story with uh, Katori's bunny and Taguchi mistreating it so that played into the finish uh yeah, it's good i like i like the concept you know getting fresh faces and exposure for talent from different promotions so um let's hope they keep this one up i guess i mean they're willing to do that they won't you know they can put their own fucking titles on the show <laughs> okay great <laughs> everyone, everyone gets a spot good 
Okay, so then the first match was the match, uh, six-man tag match with Taichi, Doki, and the returning Yuya Oemura, who debuted as X, a new member of Just Five Guys, and they defeated the House of Torture team of Yoshinobu Kanemaru Sho and Yujiro Takahashi. So seven minutes, 57 seconds, Yuya pinned Yujiro with a deadbolt suplex. So, yeah, it's uh, it's Heat Storm Yuya Oemura. I, I mean, before we get into this, I think we should take a moment to laugh at the complete dunces who actually thought that Yuya wasn't coming back. <laughs> he was signed full-time to Impact, you absolute buffoons. Really? Uh, but, I, I mean, I, I enjoyed the presentation of Yuya. He's got a really good theme. Like It's like kind of shonen anime theme song banger. Uh, classic babyface ace lurking. Bit of an aesthetic clash with Just Five Guys because they're all in black and he's all in the, you know red and white. It's got his uh, Stannis Baratheon flaming heart imagery. That's a plus. But look, this was a little bit disappointing, dare I say. This is not the mega debut I expected because, you know, maybe this is just me getting bogged down in my own fantasy booking. But I was hoping for something a bit more dramatic. I was hoping for him to, you know, be positioned against someone like Okada to be at the top of the cards. And look, I expect he'll get there at some point. Maybe sooner than people think. And look, maybe New Japan just don't do that kind of stuff anymore. Uh, and as fans, we shouldn't judge every re-debut against the Rainmaker Shock, which, I mean, I suppose you should point out, began with a, a, a shit match against Yoshihashi, where both guys looked awful. Right. And look, Yuya's going to be fine. I'm not throwing him in the bin. But it was just, I I expected a bit more, especially with Suji getting his uh, re-debut in the main event at Dominion, which... You know, that's a, a, an enormous spot. I thought they were going to sort of one-up that with Yuya. And I suppose there's lots of stories to tell, but with him sort of being, n- not re-debuting alongside the other three Musketeers, and he's not one of the three Musketeers, I really thought they would do something with that. And they might yet, but it just feels a little bit underwhelming. But, you know, it was a great moment for him. He looked very emotional, very happy to be back. And there's a lot of talk about, does it hurt him being alongside two other established heavyweights? Now, he has said that he wants to face them all in singles matches. So there's a possibility maybe he's in World Tag League. He might team up with Taichi. I think there were definitely some hints towards that with uh, their double team attacks during this match, assuming he's a heavyweight, which I expect he will be. Um, they continued the, the, the bad blood between Taichi and Kanemaru. That was pretty good. And yeah, I like his finish. The uh, What did I say it was called? The, uh, the deadbolt suplex. That's pretty good. Uh, I mean, he looks great. He's, he's confident. He's he's sexy. He's hunky. He's got great hair. Uh, he wants the big boy belt. He said that backstage. Uh, he can seemingly travel the globe faster than most people. He must have a private jet or something. He was uh, sending out social media stuff of him being right in the middle of the desert oh. just minutes before the show started. So it's incredible stuff there. But uh, yeah, what did you think of the re-debut of uh, Heat Storm? Well, look, uh if if you just go back one week, we kind of talked ourselves out of the idea of this being anything other than what we would normally see in a re-debuting New Japan pro wrestler. It's uh, one. It felt you're you're right. It felt weird. It felt like a uh, a weird combo in the sense with uh, just five guys who seem a little bit more dark and brooding than, uh, say, uh, you know, him coming out before all of his pomp and circumstance with Yuya. Um, they're not going to do that. And, and if we ever, if we ever 
start fantasy booking about, okay, this guy's on excursion. He comes back. We'll do this. He challenges this. Nope. He's going to go the same samesies for every other young lion. Now, which you would think that... That's not true, though, is it? I mean, Suji debuted in main event of Dominion. That's like one of the biggest singles matches of the year. Okay. Uh, Shota Umino re-debuted with the US title match. Uh, Ren Narita, he came back in a six-man tag match as well, but, you know, he was front and centre of that TV title. Uh, he got his own new faction. He was labelled one of the three musketeers. It's... It, it, okay. I don't know. It just feels it, below even those three. I mean, yes, but, but it's all in the same kind of package, mind you. It's not like it's like... Like, even for all of us pumping our chests about uh, Yoda and him, his, you know, Losingo Bernabalus run, we'll call it, um, that he has it, that he has the look and the feel, and when he wrestles top guys, it's amazing the matches that he can have. But taking that kind of inside baseball look at him, he is, he hasn't won anything. He hasn't, I mean, he's competed and, you know, he's, he's, uh, kept pace with big names, but it's not like he came in and, you know, lit the world on fire and, and beat, you know, people and established himself, himself as a, even a higher is, I mean, would you say that, and again, I'm using Yodosuji as the as the template here, would you say he's above a mid-card guy at this point, or is he a upper mid-card guy? Or is he higher than that? And I'm missing it. Uh, I would say upper mid-cards. Okay. Because he's had some high-profile main events already. He has. He has. Yes. Um, but again, what, what, does, what does that mean? Like, what, like, like, where are we with that? Because you could say the same thing about Great Ocon, right? You can say the same thing about, and again, it feels different, and it should be different. But if well, if we went back in time and said, okay, these guys are going away, you know, Yoda Suji is going away, uh, no, uh, Yuya is going away, Renarita um, is going away. All these guys that were that are like not one of them. It felt like, and again. I understand the debuting. I think for me, the guy who made the biggest splash returning was absolutely Yoda Suji, right? I don't think there's any doubt in anyone's mind. I think Yuya has the potential to be a guy, but he's in the second match in a multi-man tag debuting. Yes, he got the pin over Yujiro, and I think that's a smart move, but in the in the grand scheme of things, if I'm going to re-debut someone, it's going to be a little bit more spice than that. Uh, sorry. Because right now, he's he, he's just in the mix. Like, it, like, he's just in the mix. He's not head and shoulders above anybody. And I just think that that's a wasted opportunity. But, but... Yeah, you get, you get one chance to make a first impression. Correct. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and I think that... The way that, like, I just think there has to be some kind of change in philosophy when it comes to that. It's pro wrestling. Like, it's, 
you know what I mean? Like, it's not like it's a guy who was on the, you know, the junior team and he, and he, and he gets a call up and he, now he's playing in the pros. Like you could do whatever you want. You, you can book it any way you want. I don't understand this methodology of just, it's gotta be a slow burn and it's gotta be a slow people. We don't have fucking time for a slow burn. I'm not saying we hot shot everything. I'm not saying we dusty roads, everything, but come on. We're, I don't know. It just, to me, I was hoping for more, but anticipating exactly what we got. And it's like Christmas. You know, you get a nice little gift under the tree. It's all wrapped up. And you're thinking, oh, this has got to be my XYZ. I've been wanting this all year. And it's not XYZ. It's ABC. And ABC is nice. Uh, the thought was nice. I like that. Yeah, I could use it. But I wanted XYZ. Well, I think we can all safely say that it's Ruhe Oiwa who's going to be the next ace. He's going to come back and Ruhei uh, Bullseye Oiwa, that'll be his gimmick, and he's going to challenge Okada and beat him immediately for the title, uh, probably some point early in 2024. You could you bet the house on that. Okay. Um, but yeah, there we go. Uh, second match was Tangaloa defeating Chase Owens in 8 minutes, 15 seconds with the OJK. Look, Chase Owens having a singles match at Ryogoku is uh, uh, deeply repugnant to me on a fundamental uh, ideological level. So I think I should object to reviewing this match from uh, a moral standpoint, if nothing else. I did enjoy the 6-1-9 <laughs> that Tangelo did. Uh, look, the crowd inexplicably loves him. This, this match was not as terrible as it could have been. I still think it should not have been here. Louis says, was it me or did that Tangelo Chase Owens match just feel out of place in the show? Yes. Think they should have kept this match on a road two show. Yes. yes, yes, yes. I don't. I don't know. Look, maybe somebody owes somebody money. Maybe I. I don't know. I don't know. I can't answer. I don't know. I. I but I'll, I'll. I will say this. Um. At, at least the people that I've talked to and the people that I've spoken to about this show, which wasn't a lot, but I. I don't think there's anybody that was like, "Yep, I have that one circled. Can't wait to." Can't wait for match number three to, to stroll down the aisle. Who who did this? Who wanted this? Um, but again, some pro wrestling's weird. I'm I'm guessing. I'm I'm going with somebody owed somebody a favor. You know, somebody bought somebody lunch, and this is the payback. <laughs> it's the only thing I can think. Yeah, I mean, it was a show where God were very much front and center, getting big wins all over the place. So if that that was the theme of the night. I don't know. You know, maybe that's running into tag leagues later down the line but uh yeah there you go that's the second match uh third match then was the eight-man tag bushi yotosuji shigo takagi tetsuya naito defeating callum newman Hanare, great okana and jeff cobb so naito pinned newman after seven minutes 44 seconds with destino did get a little bit scared when i saw bushi coming out with a plague doctor mask <laughs> um uh, entertainment martin has very much uh, poisoned the well when it comes to that particular uh accoutrement but i enjoyed this a lot really fun multi-man i, I think sort of across this whole tour they've done a good job with callum newman he's getting good reactions it's been a good showcase for him overall um i would like to see him in super junior tackling i can't imagine who he would be teaming with but it would be good to build on that momentum and keep him in our you know in our mind's eye uh even if he's not necessarily going to win the thing, no. I think that the fans have enjoyed him and would like to see more of him. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a weird spot to be in, you know, to kind of help yourself make a name for yourself. 
Um, you kind of get lost in the shuffle a little bit, but yeah, I think they did fine. I did like I, I I didn't have a problem with this match. I thought it was pretty decent actually. Um, weird in that there's a lot of talent on both sides, and that were just kind of felt like we're shoehorning in. And I know that this was a, a song and dance throughout the tour, but um, I don't know. I just look you, you look at the names and you see how they're just kind of plopped in together within their factions for this tag match. And again, I understand faction versus faction uh, has been a theme throughout. Uh, yeah, just, wow. Look at those names. Shingo, Naito, Yoda Suji, Okan, Cobb, Hanare. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I specifically said no Bushi, but that's all right. even he was fine. I didn't have a problem with him. Just weird. Fourth match, huh? Okay. Well, seems like a waste, but all right. Right, then we had the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship match with the champions Driller Maloney and Clark Connors defeating the challengers of Intergalactic Jet Setters, Kevin Knight and Kushida. So Driller Maloney pinned Kushida after 30 minutes, 28 seconds with a full clip. So they retained their junior champion tag championships. Um, I enjoyed this a lot. I thought this was really good. I had a, a few clunky moments, but... I will uh, give them a pass on that if half of them were suffering from the flu, allegedly. Hmm. Kevin Knight, just fucking great, as usual. Just an unbelievable athlete. He's putting it all together in front of us. It's a, it's a privilege to watch. Uh, Tony, can of stay the fuck away from him? And uh, I want to single out Driller Maloney for some praise because I think he is starting to, if not already, exceed Clark Connors just for everything, really, in terms of the look, the presence, uh, the, the control periods, the promos, I, I think, are really good. The the shoulder spot with them sitting on each other's shoulders was a bit silly. That was a bit awkward. Uh, Kevin Knight nearly fell on his head. Don't do that again, lads. Uh, I, I tell you, David, speaking of people falling on heads, that driller killer on Kushida Ooh. looked absolutely lethal. That that should have ended the match. I was just like, Jesus Christ, he's <laughs> looked like he caused some serious damage there. And, and even then, like the closing stretch, I thought it was really great, really brutal. The pop-up spear, the full clip, just... Very impressed with these guys and just the state of the junior tag division as a whole, which you know, I thought with Catch 2-2 taken out of the mix, I thought, you know, we're going to lose something there and, and miss them a lot. But it's really saying something when they can take a step back and not really be missed, you know, half as much as I thought they'd be because uh, I'm enjoying this uh, Driller and Clark team a lot. You know, not just the wrestling, but all the sleazy post-match shenanigans. They're just a, a pair of dirty, drunken fuckboys. And, and I'm here for it. I like it. Yeah, me too. I, 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 I like them a lot. Um, War Dogs, that is. Jet Setters as well. Um, or my, my bad. Intergalactic Jet Setters, uh, Joe. I don't want to, you know, put any... Uh, uh, what the hell am I trying to say? Who cares? Um, you know what I'm looking at? I just decided. I was like, it felt like you had mentioned uh, Clark Connors, and it and it feels like he's been in the New Japan system forever, right? Uh, 2018, so it hasn't been super long, but I think one thing that kind of shocked me, and again, this is Wikipedia, and we'll, we'll take it for what it's worth, right? Um, made his debut in 2017. Like, not New Japan, like pro wrestling. Which I think it's pretty amazing, actually. Uh, but it's time. About time we do something a little bit more. Um, I would like to see a little bit more. Drilla, I love. Um, I think the, the future's bright there, but 
I want to see more for Clark from from Clark Connors. Actually, like he seems like a guy that could use a little bit of uh, a little bit of love. And again, Jack Junior tag belts is a perfect start. But you know when we start talking about uh, the Junior Tag League, and even you know maybe even challenging for the Junior title would be hopefully something in his 2024 because to me he's a guy that that I don't again I hate saying deserves it but like let's 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 go with him a little bit Kevin Knight I, I hope they lock up because with, with a contract uh because it's it would be a crying shame it would be a crying shame but yet another in a long list of guys that man you could do so much with this guy and uh Let's 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 not get crazy and have people scooped up because um, because trust me on this one. And I, Joe, I, I think you would agree a thousand percent. He has multiple eyeballs on him right now. Um, and he could fit in perfectly with either one of those two big big boy organizations in the States. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, put a ring on it, New Japan. Yep. If- uh, you, you like it uh, right fifth match then was the best of seven series final with Master Wato Shota Umino Yuji Nagata defeating the strong stars team of El Desperado Ren Narita Minoru Suzuki so Shota pinned Ren after 40 minutes 10 seconds with the Death Rider to uh, even the score on the best of seven series I think it was 3-1 three, 3-1 three one. Three one? yeah yeah 3-3-1 yeah, three, three so um, yeah really good match Probably the best of the whole series. Uh, crowd are very much into the Shota and Ren dynamics, and I think it's been uh, a good experience for Ren. Um, and yeah, interesting that they chose the showcase spot to give Shota the the concluding pinfall there. Although his team didn't win the series, I think that was a very conscious choice when it got to Sumo Hall to be this is this is the guy, this is your guy. And I suppose the the post match stuff is arguably more notable than the match itself. The it's a really heartwarming ending. Yeah, they're shaking hands. Uh, Despy <laughs> allowing Watto to shake his finger. The uh, the, the dad's slapping and, and handshakes. That was really good stuff. Like, tremendous entertainment. And uh, some great tag team potential there. Uh, Suzuki and Nagata were talking backstage about how they could combine their powers. So mm. keep an eye on that for World Tag League. That would be great. I mean, I would love to see that. And... Uh, again, some hints from Despi and Watto. We might get to see Despa Watto for uh, Super Junior Tag League. So, Let's mix it up. Uh, yeah, interesting ramifications. Yeah. I love it, actually. Um, like seriously, you put Yuji Nagata and Minoru Suzuki in as a team in World Tag League. My interest has gone up tenfold. Um, that to me <laughs> would be. I mean, look, they're not. You know, they're not even going to sniff winning. But maybe they get cloaks. You know, keep it interesting. Um, I think that would be incredibly fun. Look, uh, I understand the idea of 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 uh, you know playing catch up for for Watto and Nagata and and, and Shota and, and getting the win. And but the overall scope of this whole best of seven series. Uh, were you scratching your head that at the end of the day, it's 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 a tie? And again, the handshake helped kind of connect some dots, and hopefully, there's something to come of that in a sense of just what we discussed. But if it doesn't, if there's nothing that comes from this, Joel, I, what was the fucking point? 
Like unless I see some 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 interaction between these two teams, and I here's the thing too. I, I hate to say this. The idea of using this show as a build for fucking World Tag League. He is fucked up. We have we have so many other opportunities to do that. Um, but we're the sixth match on the show is basically a tease for World Tag League. Uh, does that shake your head at all? I, I need to actually check the schedule to see when World Tag League starts because I swear it's quite far away because we've got right. the Super Junior Tag League. Um, so that's all... October, early November. We got Fighting Spirit Unleashed uh, end of October. We've got Power Struggle, right? November fourth. We've got Lone Star Shootout, November tenth. Um, uh, Andro Rainy Days. I don't know what that is. That's November eleventh. So World Tag League doesn't start until November twentieth. So it's over a month away. So it seems right. a bit premature to be <laughs> setting stuff up for that. It does. And like I said, we have a million shows that we could do that with. Um, again, a month away, a little over a month. So you know. Maybe not as much time as well, but there's multiple shows. And that's not to say that they won't, but um, I think that kind of just speaks to the overarching feeling of this show just being, why are we doing what we're doing? I, and, and, uh, right, right. We have a, it, what feels like a long time and plenty of opportunity to do stuff like this if, in fact, this is a tease for uh, a tour that's over a month away. All right. <laughs> Great. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, my analysis of the next match is also World Tag League based. <laughs> that right. is the the uh, strong openweight tag team championship match where the challengers, uh, El Fantasma and Hikuleo, defeated the champions, Gabe Kidd and Alex Coughlin, on their first defense, which is very sad. So 13 minutes, 12 seconds, ELP pinned Coughlin following the Super Thunder Kiss 86. Really good match. I mean, I was quite keen on seeing what the CLP Hikuleo team looked like. They had sort of nice matching gear. I enjoyed the the energy and the dynamics and the aesthetics of it. It was something I sort of speculated on several months ago, but, you know, before they'd even announced it as a thing. And I think it's proven that it's got some juice, it's got some legs. So I'm interested to see where it goes. They're going to be defending those titles against the Monster Source team and Lance Archer and Alex Zane. They might be World Tag League as well. But I, I was disappointed that the War Dogs lost. But thinking of that maybe this is them losing upwards. I, I think with a lot of these Bullet Club guys, there may be a fair bit of losing upwards here where perhaps they are going to be contenders for World Tag League. But again, World Tag League is well over a month away. So I don't want to be uh, dominating this podcast with World Tag League predictions because uh, are we even going to watch it, David? Yeah, I'd watch it. It, it look, actually, it's shaping up to look more interesting than World Tag League's have done in previous years yeah. if, if you know half the stuff that we've been speculating on uh, comes to pass, it should be quite a, a solid lineup. But uh, yeah, what did you think of this one? Well, here's another example of a, a fucking title that you know your your mileage may vary. Um, does this, in essence, guarantee more U.S. based, Western based shows for Hikaleo and El Fantasma? I mean. I would I would lean toward probably. Um and I think you are right in the sense that Gabe Kidd, Alex Coughlin, 
losing to what, what was your, what was your phrase? Losing to to improve or losing to to move up? Yeah, losing upwards. Yeah, um, Gabe Kidd has got a, a singles match. No, no, it's not a singles match. It's a, a four way. Uh, is it the Fighting Spirit on Lee Show? Yeah, it's a, a, a strong openweight championship number one contenders four way match between uh, Kojima, Fred Rosser, Jeff Cobb. Oh no, that's Alex Coughlin. Oh. So what's Gabe Kidd doing? <laughs> he had something. Uh, oh, he's got a singles match with Tom Lawler. That's it. So Coughlin is in a four way for the uh, strong overweight number one contenders. Gabe Kidd's got a singles match against Tom Lawler. So yeah, a little bit of single stuff in their future. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not panicking yet that they're sort of being thrown to the bin. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm not. I'm not worried about that at all. But I think, look, I mean, if we're being truthful here, we kind of. We're looking at Gabe Kidd, and we're like, "There's, there's, a, there's a future there." <laughs> you know, whether whether we want to pull a plug on David Finley or not, um, you know, we got somebody we can look at there. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I'm not worried about that. Uh, either one of the war dogs at all. Yes. Um, so the next match then was the uh, never open weight six man tag team championship match with the champions Tomohiro Ishii, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Kazuchika Okada, successfully defending against the Impact Challenger team with Josh Alexander, Chris Saban, and Alex Shelley. Fifteen minutes forty seconds. Tanahashi pinned Shelley following the high five flow. Probably, probably the match of the night. Yep. It was a, a, a tremendous amount of fun. Uh, and I, look, I've got to hand it to everyone involved for what they've done for the Never Six Man titles. So for all the shit we're giving New Japan about failing to uh, book their titles well, they are doing a really good job with this one. They're doing a good job with the, the junior tag titles as well. Belts that historically have been underappreciated. Uh, but yeah, this match was a lot of fun. Josh Alexander, as I predicted, looked great. great. Yep. Uh, it looks like he, wants to, he, he will be facing Ishii again. They wrestled each other last year in Impact, uh, their under seed show. Uh, we seem to be heading towards a Alex Shelley Tanahashi rematch for the Impact title. Uh, Ishii has invited Zack Sabre Jr. to get together a TMDK team to challenge for these six man titles. Uh, so, yeah, this is really good stuff all around. Yeah, I don't think you can lose here when it comes to um, having Hiroshi Tanahashi, uh, Ishii, Okada. I don't want to say, you know, Take it easy until Wrestle Kingdom, but this is a perfect opportunity, or, or, or at least a perfect environment to kind of have them coast a little bit into Wrestle Kingdom. I got no problem with it. And in fact, you're right. It does help elevate those titles. Um, and And here's the thing, too. They do feel like that title where, see, I don't mind it here in a sense of, Random teams challenging. Yeah. I mean, we got fucking Alex Shelley, what, Chris Saban, Josh Alexander. I like that. I like the idea of a another promotion coming in and challenging for those titles. Um, and I I wish that we see that we would see more of that. Like, you know, if we wanted to do Noah, if we wanted to do uh, all Japan, if we wanted to do DDT, if we wanted to do stuff like that, um, that's the perfect spot to do it with, you know, like I said, guys who are getting a little up there, could use the break, could use, you know, a six-man tag environment. 
um, to get them to the other side to Wrestle Kingdom. And 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 you're right, Joel. Even with that being said, the match was spectacular. It was very good. It was very good. And like I said, for me, I mean, you can make an argument it being the best match on the show. Um, I think it's between this and the junior heavyweight, but yeah, I think I think there's a definite argument to be made and a fair one. And I think that the impact guys did outstanding. Um, yeah, I think it was- Pro- proper promotional partners, Damon. Well, That's right. what a partnership look, should look like. Well done, impact. Yes. I look, I not once, well, once when it came down to like when it was like fucking Aunt Carl Anderson and you know, all that mess. Like, when you get into that, it's just you kind of just roll your eyes. But overall, I don't have much problem with the impact relationship. I really don't. Um, in fact, it feels like that's where the most interesting stuff with New Japan involvement comes from. From a match quality perspective, of course, everyone's going to lean into the AEW stuff. But, okay, let's just take that out of the equation. And I know for us to say that, it's difficult to do. Like, to me, the working relationship with Impact is is more enjoyable and 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 better for all parties than AEW at, at the, by a country mile. Again, the gates... If there's revenue sharing involved in those big buildings, of course, it helps. Absolutely. Um, which which kind of leads me to believe, you know, that fucking Bushy Road better get on their hands and knees and uh, pray to the altar of Tony Khan. I can't believe I'm saying that. But I'm, if there's revenue sharing on, on those gates, no wonder they had a little bump in, in revenue. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you had guys, uh, you had guys on shows that you know probably their biggest shows of the fucking year. <sighs> I'm done. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, it was nearly went down the same road as the AW partnership as they uh, almost poached you at Wemera, but uh, mm. f- finally, uh, common sense <laughs> prevails yeah. in the end. There, uh, Multiverse A says, "Who impressed you the most out of the four Impact guys? Shelley, Sabin." Alexander and Speedball on the show, and who would you most like to see back in the not too distant future? Here's what I like, and and correct me if I'm wrong. This was a debut for Josh Alexander. Um, like Alex Shelley's been in in New Japan rings, Chris Sabin as well. And again, I'm talking proper New Japan rings, not fucking you know some show in front of 500 people in Dallas. Um, Speedball Bailey as well. So for me, given the spotlight, given the spot, given the opportunity, uh, I would go with Josh Alexander just for what he was able to do. But that being said, I think I think all four of those guys did. I mean, let's put it this way: they didn't embarrass themselves at 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 the least, and at best, I thought they were very good and would welcome every one of them back with open arms. Eighth match then was the never openweight championship match with uh, challenger Tamatonga getting a, a somewhat surprising, in my eyes, uh, win over the champion David Finlay. So 19 minutes, 39 seconds with the DSD. This was not bad. No. This this exceeded my uh, admittedly low expectations. This was a lot closer to the match that I'd hoped 
they'd had in the first place uh, with Finlay sort of challenging more of the aggressive killer Finlay than the J light that we saw in the G1. I thought they've got good crowd investment. Tam has got his home fans for sure. Does leave me with more questions than answers with regards to, to the booking, like where we go with both men. And, and again, bringing up the theme of the night, this might well be Finlay losing upwards and, uh, uh, Tamatonga, I don't know, man. He feels like he's getting once again smushed against his ceiling, like uh, like the guy in the opening of Mission Impossible. Um, but uh, with that being said, I thought it was a, a, a pretty good match. I thought they finally delivered. All right, let's put on our pro wrestling pro wrestling illustrated caps. Uh, let's go back in time, shall we? And let's think of this as that kind of fan. David Finley is the leader of Bullet Club. He is the never open weight champion. He is defending his title. He loses that title. Again, we're talking about the never open weight championship to Tamatanga, who upper mid card at best, right? Upper mid card at best. David Finley loses. So what you're saying is. David Finley is no better than an upper mid-card kind of guy, right? Or he's less than an upper mid-card kind of guy because Tamatanga defeated him. That's the leader of arguably, maybe not anymore, but one of the most important factions in New Japan Pro Wrestling who relies on that faction element he's the leader okay can i play devil's advocate you absolutely can thinking of examples like jay white losing the u.s title to juice robinson or kenny omega losing the junior title to i don't know was it kushida i can't even remember now admittedly i don't think those guys were leaders of bullet club at the time so i've kind of mm-hmm. <laughs> destroyed my own argument but uh, well, number it's one. to be intellectually honest when we're having these debates yeah, sure nope. i take your point no nope, but that's number one and then number two also uh, you know th- that was kenny taking a bump up to heavyweights you know shortly after so it's not like like i i, I guess my question would be okay if, if this is what you described as losing and and going up in the, in the pecking order, you know, kind of getting a belt off of you to go on to bigger and better things, it's just a, a, a weird thing because you're already a guy that shouldn't have to need to go up anywhere. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you should be winning these type of matches handily because why? It's not like we're we're trying to position you to be the leader of a faction. You're the leader of the faction, and you're losing a secondary title on a show that's not the main event that, quite honestly, what you would think would be... I hate saying below you, but below you? And again, we're wearing our Pro Wrestling Illustrated t-shirts here. Like, it just doesn't make any sense, does it? Help me understand. 
Uh, well, we've got questions. Derek says, so since House of Torch was featured over Bullet Club, Finlay was beat at Rio Goku. Do you think there's any changes in the forecast of Bullet Club or are they just cold leftovers? Clint says, what do you think is the future of Finlay? Now he's dropped the Never title. Will he get a shot for the US-UK title now to help keep building him up or is he just a lost cause? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, would uh, I suppose would have to uh, let the story play out, as the uh, <laughs> WWE fans would say. Because if... if he goes on to beat Will Ospreay in an absolutely killer match for the US-UK title, then I will say, ah, so he, he did lose up. But believe that when we see it. So, um, yes, jury's out on Finlay for me. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, the thousand percent at this point. The thousand percent. I uh, Here's the thing, why would, what, I mean, the only reason why is because if, if Will is leaving, then, okay, you know, yes. But, I don't just it doesn't make uh, here's the 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 idea of him reaping the benefits of this is the only possible positive I can think of right that's the only thing and and, and it's just like okay you know David Finley just had a bad night <laughs> and we're you know he's moving on and oh look at that see he's back on his you know he was you know slipped and fell but he's rose to the occasion and now he's the uk us champion fine and we can all forget about it but like i said just looking at it you know looking at the results and looking at the matches and looking at just like what all right (laughs) again hopefully we are hopefully we're shooting up uh, yeah, Sabatonga says uh, he, well, he has invited Shingo Takagi to challenge for his title oh, because of their unfinished business from the G1. Uh, so that protects us to the ninth match, which was the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship match three-way with Hiromi Takahashi getting his sixth successful defense against the challengers of Yo and Mike Bailey. Ooh. So that was 17 minutes, 15 seconds with Time Bomb 2. Mm. Who? Yeah. What happened to... What happened to uh... What happened to the schedule? Flu? Was it the flu? <laughs> well, this is this is what we've been told. Yeah. Um, I'm I don't I don't want to say too much. I'm a I'm a bit worried about Leo Rush. I hope he's okay. I hope he's doing well. Uh, let's just say this: the, it wasn't flu, fan. from what we understand. Um, and for whatever reasons it was, it was. Um, I think people can can connect some dots. Um, and look, I hope, I I I hope, I I hope that it gets sorted out. But, but this is another example, Joel, of <laughs> what we were talking about before, wasn't it? Yeah, this is the thing, and I wanted to dismiss and ridicule that being like, no, this is. Uh, sort of trite, cliche examples from yesteryear. This is, you know, a different person, refocused, re-energized. I, I, f- I feel really uncomfortable speculating right. on this. We're not speculating on what the reason is. Bite. Yeah. No. So I'm going to bite my tongue and just say I hope everything's okay and I look forward to seeing him wrestle again. I hope. I agree with that a thousand percent, but I will add, we, we have to add this to the list and that list being we want to help you in this promotion give us an opportunity to do so 
help me to help you. Yes. yes. Um, the match itself, quite enjoyed. It wasn't. It didn't live up to the high expectations I'd set myself for the original Hiromu, Leo, and Mike Bailey match. But I thought, even in spite of the the late change, they did a good job in, for the most part, avoiding some of the traditional tropes of the three way match. Um, good, good, not great. I would say. Yep. Yeah, good, not great. And here's the thing. They were put on the spot a little bit. I mean, Yo's involvement was really, you know, a handful of days, you know, to to help tell the story of him even being involved in the match. So, um, yeah, I mean, he was shoehorned in and made the most of the situation. And I think all the guys were made the most of a situation that, you know, look, they're pros. I mean, it's not like they they. They, they don't know each other and it's not like they haven't you know been around each other to be able to work with them so uh but again I'm, I'm talking like the match was bad and it wasn't it was very good it's just that um yeah it it was it, it I felt like it left a little bit on the table there um, we had Taiji Shimori making his comeback at the end of the match. He attacked Hiromu. Uh, Mike Bailey says he wants Hiromu one-on-one after he faces Osprey. I think that's going to be an impact. So uh, we're setting some stuff up for Hiromu. Do you think we're still sort of heading for this Hiromu breaking the defense record? Because I think he's only sort of halfway through it. And I know, it feels like forever. There was plenty of opportunity for him to, to rack up more defenses, given all these fairly interesting uh, cross-promotional matches he's having. I don't know why they couldn't have been junior title defences, but um, yeah, do you think they're sticking with that? Um, I don't know. <laughs> it does feel like it's going on forever, though. Uh, and you're right. Wouldn't it have been convenient to kind of just drop in a handful of these defences just so that we can get through? Um, you know, the idea of him being in that fucking cheesesteak thing. And I know the cheesesteak fucking cup thing was there to help get Mike Bailey and, and, and uh, I mean, well, the Mike Bailey thing, Mike Bailey and I was there and I can't even remember Mike Bailey and uh, Kevin Knight was, was the tournament. Uh, but the, who in the fuck won the ladder match? Was it Doki? Doki won it, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was, Doki and Lowrider, I think. Okay. You mean to tell me we couldn't put a fucking little title defense there? Come on. Yeah, exactly. That's that's what I'm saying. So I'm just curious about the sort of slow pace that they've been sort of stacking up these junior title defenses. I bet you they forgot I mean, all about I, it. I could easily see a path for them to breaking it, but I, I mean, following the current trajectory, I, you know, you wouldn't imagine that would happen until like, I don't know, Don Taco or Dominion next year. Right. Um, look, you can... Uh... I think if you if you polled the office at New Japan Pro Wrestling, half of them would be like, "Really? I had no idea." Um, yeah, I, 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 we have to just sort of acknowledge that a lot of the time in New Japan, guys just say shit. Yeah, they just say shit. Some of the time it does end up being uh, sort of long term storytelling, but sometimes they're just saying shit. Yep. Thank you. Perfect. Well done. Speaking of saying shit, hey, Sonata and Evil. <laughs> Uh, no, I've got a question here from Eric. Oh. who says, complicated question regarding the number of title defenses Hiromu needs in order to set a record at Wrestling Kingdom. But oh. the question is only intended to introductorily set up my real question. What are the odds we get Hiromu versus Naito at next year's anniversary show, Champ versus Champ? So this is the match we nearly got COVID. before the pandemic happened. Yeah. 
Uh, won't be surprised, right? I mean, I think I think everyone's crossing their fingers not to uh, jump ahead that that we are um, looking at a Naito triumph come Wrestle Kingdom, uh, and traditionally that that show has the junior champion versus uh, heavyweight champion. So I wouldn't be surprised. And yes, we were promised that, and it is uh, yet to come to pass. So. Yes, I think uh, I think we're on the same page, right? Yeah, good stuff. All yeah. right, uh, yeah, yeah. All right, did you like it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It was good. It's <laughs> Finally, we get to do what I want to do for a change. Uh, right, the main event here, the tech match was the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship match. It was a lumberjack death match mm-hmm. with. Sanada getting his fourth successful defense against the challenger Evil in 28 minutes and one second with the deadfall. Um, you want a little story, Damon? It's a true story. Yeah. Right? Uh, I was not able to watch all of this show live because oh. I was working at the time. So I I did manage to watch this match live during my lunch break at school. And but it's absolutely true. I was doing live coverage of this on the Discord, so people on the Discord can verify. I realised about halfway through this match that I needed a poo. And that left me in the position of having to use the staff toilet, which is not ideal. Why? I was thinking it up. You you know, a lot of critics might say you should have planned ahead better, done your business in (laughs) a nice toilet at home, a toilet that you like. Yeah, but you can't... Right, I, but a work toilet is fine. It's functional. It gets the job done. But ideally, you know, you don't want to have to depend on it too often. Maybe for the odd wee, but certainly nothing more than that. Correct. So, yeah, I I had to go and do this poo. Now, most people might not appreciate the the finer points of having a poo. There's a time and a place for it. Okay. Yeah. A lot of people just, you know, try and get it over as quick as you can. You'd rather not have to endure it at all because it's you know, it's yucky, smelly, ugh. but call me a sicko or a pervert. But I actually appreciate, I, I enjoy having a poo. It can be very satisfying when it's done right, <laughs> if you take your time with it. Okay. Even if the whole process is a bit predictable, you know, you do the poo, you flush the poo, it goes away. Mm. Now, what was interesting here, Damon, was that the poo didn't flush the first time. Most of the little bits went away, but there's one big bit that that came back that was left up. there. So that actually caused some unexpected drama here. And I can't lie, a, a little bit of a thrill. And while I was staring at this poo, that wouldn't go away. And, and the time was ticking away until I'd have to go back to class. A really perverse part of me wondered what would happen if I just left it there. You know, just just not flush it away. Mm. Just leave a massive floater there. See what my colleagues think of it. And yeah, I'd probably be mocked and, uh, and ridiculed. But sometimes, you know, you, you just get those intrusive thoughts, don't you? You're sort of sure. morbidly curious to see how that scenario might play out. Just, you know, leave the turd there and have it looked at by a much wider audience than you might have originally thought. Right. So I, I was debating that. I, I ended up flushing again. It's a big flush. I had to pump the handle a few times. The poo did eventually flush away. So, like I said, there was a bit of uncertainty and drama uh, in the end that that was caused more by my sick brain than any sort of mainstream appeal of doing the poo that won't flush away, which uh, a, a casual audience will say 
is an unpleasant, uh, an unwelcome scenario. Not me, I like it. But at the end of the day, the workplace toilet did its job. You know, maybe one that it shouldn't have been put in the position to do in the first place, but your mileage may vary. Some people really like workplace toilets. They're, they're usually solid, but unspectacular. Can be a bit sloppy, but you know, if you listen really carefully, you can hear the praise for the workplace toilet. And sure, look, I would much rather have done my business on my my tried and tested, my favourite toilet at home. But I acknowledge that it was a transitional toilet, it, a toilet that got me from point A to B. It was not the most exciting toilet, but it performed its role to about half the capacity you'd expect from like a, a serious established toilet. But, you know, it's got a small assistant, Damon. It's only really set up for wheeze. And, and it's, I don't know if we could be like, oh, it took two flushes. This is a bad toilet. Uh, I think we knew that going in. Yeah. I, I knew that was the case. Uh, and also that it, it would be a bit messy and maybe take longer than I'd like. And I didn't really want to spend that much time sitting on this toilet. I was ready to move on and, and hopefully not have to use the workplace toilet for a poo again. But after that, excitement the initial excitement of the flush died away i did end up staring at the toilet and feeling a bit empty literally and figuratively wondering what might have been if i just left the poo there even if it would probably have meant the end of any professional credibility with my work only being appreciated by increasingly dwindling numbers of mentally ill people um but sadly i didn't see any of the sonata versus evil match i've got no thoughts on it so you're gonna have to take us through the match statement off you go <laughs> Uh, I, 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 we're going to leave it at that. I mean, that is the perfect, perfect, absolute. That's the match. You've described the match in a nutshell. Um, I, 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 you know what? How can I follow that? How can I follow that? It's impossible. Where else are you going to get that? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm blown away. That is because that's one. The time and effort that you took to 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 give us your fine soliloquy on on this match and compare it to the workplace poop is just podcasting gold. Uh, second, secondly, uh, yeah, that was the, that that was the match in a nutshell. So, uh, yep, no, not a lot of surprises. Maybe a little bit of what ifs. Um, and off we go to Wrestle Kingdom, the biggest event of New Japan Pro Wrestling's calendar year. And we're headlining it with Naito, Sonata, strap it. Uh, Daryl says, we're three months away from Wrestle Kingdom. This main event feels cold as shit. Oh. This isn't, well, my, my shit is not cold. <laughs> this isn't 2018 or 2020, Naito. And when he came out to do his face-to-face with Sonata, it felt lackluster. Did they make a mistake with this build-up? Sonata's run hasn't been very hot either. It feels to me that as a company whose top title is almost also always the top angle, that something needs to be put on the heat fast. But what can be done between now and New Year's? to fire this match up. Now, I will respond to that with uh, a post I saw uh, on Reddit from a priorista. He says, the entire year has been built around this story from Naito being chosen to retire Muta over his actual protege, Sanada, 
to a newly repackaged Sonata overcoming Naito in the New Japan Cup and rolling through every member of LIJ. There are actual stakes involved beyond the obvious personal connection and history between the opponents. Naito has to prove LIJ's worth against a defector who claims he was held back under his shadow, while Sonata has to prove himself a worthy champion on the grandest stage. This match has more story built in the most Wrestle Kingdom main events and will absolutely deliver a big fight feel. Most importantly, it's a main event built for the domestic audience. Many of the Western fans who complain about Sonata don't realize this match will draw better than Osprey versus Okada could in the main event. And look, it's important to examine that through the lens of a really disappointing Osprey versus Okada number during the G1. So could it be, Damon? I'm, you know, I'm not going to rehash what I've said before about me not being excited for Sonata versus Naito, but could this be an example of a large uh, cultural disconnect between us as the foreign fans and the domestic fans? I mean, we opened the show with it. Why not? Why not kind of go there now? Um, it it does feel that way. It definitely does seem that way. Um, but the proof will be in the pudding, right? The proof will be okay if that's the case. And I don't doubt it because that's uh, at least that's, that's a, uh, a an, an intelligent analysis of the situation. Um, so good good job by that poster. Um, uh, that being said, you know. It's great that Sonata has this connection that apparently he has with a homegrown audience. Um, give me an example so far on this run that gives you that indicator of that being true. Like, I, I don't know anyone who... I think people, and your mileage may vary, but I think... People enjoy Sonata's output much more than in past years, right? Him as champion, him leading this faction, or you know, and maybe he's not, but okay, being a focal point of this new faction. Uh, uh, small tweaks to character, um, but overall, it's you know, it's Sonata. I, I. Um, I, I struggle to see where that correlates with New Japan uh, and business and buzz and boomingness. Um, because if, if we're being honest here, the, the, the match itself, while it does have that history and it does have that story, and which is a thousand percent accurate, I, I'm, I don't know. I I'm I would it was like tickets went on sale once again before a show was even announced before a person was announced before, you know tickets already went on sale so you had to invest your money so I mean it's kind of hard to say that like I just want to see how tickets move since you know we have what two or three months at least before we get to Wrestle Kingdom I'd be very curious to see where we are before Naito stepped in that ring, ticket sales-wise, and compare that to what we wind up when the bell rings and the lights go down and Emerson, Lake, and Palmer are played over the loudspeaker. I would be very curious to see. I'm not saying that it won't. I'm just saying that let's see if it does. Because if it does, then that would help explain a lot to a lot of people. 
If it doesn't, all that's going to do is just strengthen a lot of people's arguments that what are we doing here? Yeah, I mean, I suppose this should be examined through the lens of whatever ticket number Wrestle Kingdom does. But I don't enjoy critiquing wrestling that way because at the end of the day, I'm a fan and I like to analyze things through whether things are, you know, creatively fulfilling to me as a viewer. And this isn't, and I've, I've been honest about that from the start. This is not doing it for me. The match might be great, but is it exciting for me? No, it's not. And I feel that is the most honest and meaningful way for me to, to analyze this. Although I thought it was important for me to uh, present some, alternative uh, opinions when we do discuss that. And look, here's something interesting. Hannibal says, what are the thoughts now that one million evil was the biggest draw in wrestling for this past week and a half? So did you see this about the the number of viewers on the Abima uh, um, I, live? Help me, help me with it. Uh, what happened? Uh, oh, God, let's see if I can find it somewhere. I mean, you don't have to be accurate. Jesus, Just give me the general it? ballpark of it. Uh, uh, okay, so basically uh, the show got 1 million live viewers, whereas the WWE Fastlane show got 217,000. I I, I mean, I know everybody's kind of panicky over the idea of WWE coming in and, you know, buying the island of Japan. (laughs) But I I don't know. I just, I I mean, I don't see it. And and if they try to get something going, I just, I don't know. It's... People, I think people, uh, let me do this. I'll try and equate it to sports here in the States where there has definitely been a shift in people's interests in players as opposed to the laundry that they wear. And the saying is, you know, because you know, they follow a player more than, say, the team itself. Right? Their allegiance goes with the player. And I don't see that a lot in, from what I understand, in the history of Japanese professional wrestling. It feels like it's more of a, hey, I'm a Noah guy. Hey, I'm a All Japan girl. Hey, I like the DDT. You know, and, I, and you kind of stick with that. Um, I don't know. I, I I I don't know. It's 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 a I, again for me. I, I I can't. My enjoyment of something doesn't necessarily mean that it's good. It's good to me, right? But that's like saying I think the Smiths are the greatest band in the world. Mm, There's probably a lot of argument to that, right? But I think so. And I'm, you know what? There's probably people that think the same. Um. But just because I like something doesn't necessarily mean that it's the it's the best. And 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 the only way that I can really be objective and say, okay, this was a success and this wasn't, is and I can't say the only way, but the the biggest piece of that pie is ticket sales, right? It does this resonate with fans buying tickets. Again, I want to see. Where we were, and and what we wind up at, and then that to me says, okay, that was that sparked the interest of the local fan base, which is incredibly different than that of 
and again, I lump everybody in, but the Western fan base, it really is. It's a cultural difference. It's a how we just, just look on the surface of how people enjoy pro wrestling. And I'm not saying one is better than the other, but you mean to tell me that you can't see the difference between a crowd enjoying pro wrestling at Cork and Hall than say, I don't know, fucking 2300 arena in Philly. You know, it's, a, it's a difference. It's a cultural difference. So the, the long way around it is this. A definitely maybe. Maybe this is a show that is based for a, a Japanese fan base that would enjoy it more. Very possible. Absolutely. And in fact, I lean that way. I absolutely lean that way. Um, does that mean that we are going to get an enjoyment out of it? Maybe not as much. I, I hate to say it. Maybe not as much. And I will say this too. Imagine fucking buying tickets for this. <laughs> Imagine the flight and, the, and and you have to buy tickets in advance. And the tickets, they they pumped up the, the, the prices and all of that. And then that's what you get. <laughs> Can't say I'd be too pleased. Yeah. I mean, if you are someone who's booked your trip, I think... The actual Wrestle Kingdom main event is not necessarily the biggest thing to look forward to on your trip. Just, you know, the experience of being in Japan and Tokyo and, you know, actually sure. just visiting Wrestle Kingdom, it's, it, it will make up for it because I, I don't want people to think like, oh God, I've wasted all my oh, money. Right, right, right. I'm sure it's, it's going to be a great event and a great show, even if it's not something that's Here's what I would recommend. now particular world on fire. I would recommend uh, if you, if you're with your significant other, your partner, uh, have sex in Tokyo because then you'd be like, oh, I can't believe we just had sex in Tokyo. It'd be great, right? That's great. Do you ever do great that? Idea. You do that with yeah, sex. You, like when you go around, and be like, oh. have sex? No, no. Not, not unless I perform <laughs> no. small administrative <laughs> duties. <laughs> but like, but like, like you travel to fill in a lot of red tape. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of a lot of negotiating going on in uh, Joel's home. Okay, um, a lot of forms need to be filled out. Yeah. I understand. I understand a lot of checks and balances, but. uh but you, uh, when when things were uh, more vibrant when it came to that, uh, did you do that? You'd be like, ah, oh, we're in, you know, wherever, you know, you go on holiday. You, oh, I'm in Mexico. Oh, I'm in whatever. Oh, we just had sex in Mexico. And then you keep kind of track of where you had sex. No, you don't do that? All right. I'm an animal. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I, should keep, I should keep a list of that. We start rating. Yes. Yes. I, well, I can't wait to come over your house. <laughs> <laughs> Would have I'll bring my own uh, sheets. Look, uh, back to the wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> Don't bring a UV light. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yay! Now I should point out after this uh, match, Yuya was looking at the belt. Mm. So file that one away for later, right. listeners. Before you throw Yuya Uemura in the bin. Uh, Liam says, how much influence do you think Togo has in the creative and match layouts for Evil? When you watch matches like that main, it's like watching a totally different promotion and vision of wrestling. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people said that. I don't know if his influence has uh, diminished or, you know, if he's the sole proprietor of uh, Evil Incorporated and anything that goes on in his matches, he has a say. Um, I don't think that there's any shock in saying that he has a voice. Um, and I'm sure that that voice has gotten more powerful and less powerful and more powerful and less powerful. Um, it, it 
it waned. Um, so to say that he doesn't have a say in what goes in those matches, I find it would be hard to believe. Uh, but to say that he's super influential in everything that's going on in New Japan, I I think that ship has sailed. Uh, okay, let's go on to previewing Royal Quest then. So uh, Metham says any decent boozers near the Copper Box and Cactus Max says would be good to know if there will be a Royal Quest 3 meetup in advance of Saturday. I was at the Courtauld Gallery, completely missed the message about London, blah, 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 blah. So I am declaring that the official pre-Royal Quest 3 Super Jcast meetup to be taking place at, you get a pen and paper ready so you don't miss it, uh the place is called crate brewery crate brewery in hackney wick so it's the same place we met before the rev pro anniversary show so i plan to be there from about two o'clock i would say so i think doors are at 4 30 so i'll be there from two so you can come and see me and buy me either uh, a cider or a pizza or both Okay, terrific. So there you go. Crate Brewery in Hackneywick. Uh, please do come along and say hello. And uh, yeah, I'm sure it's, we're going to have a lovely time. Yeah. And the show should be. Uh, well, we're, we're about to get into it. But yeah, I mean, that's going to be a yeah. fun time. And I think everyone uh, everyone can get nice and, and toasted up and uh, buy Joel a couple pints to get him all lubed up. And then watch him poop. And, and if you miss the opportunity to buy to buy me a, a drink at a crate brewery, if you see me in the copper box, you can still buy me some refreshments. Then you yeah, buy me a delicious hot dog or some nachos mm-hmm. or something. I will, I will gladly accept that. There's a, a small token of your appreciation for <laughs> <laughs> the wonderful, uh, if somewhat heavy-handed analogies you get on the Super J cast. Uh, William says, uh, "Well, so this was before the card was announced." He says, five matches announced for the Royal Quest Three show. Should they add a couple more title matches on the card?" And then Matthew says, "Follow-up question: Now they have added more matches to the card, should they take them back off?" <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, popped me. Uh, that was very funny. Um, oh Christ! Huh. What? You, you look at your WhatsApp. I'm not going to say anything. Um, I, absolutely, I'm, yeah, I'm not commenting this. Right, uh, Royal Quest three card. So we are kicking things off. The first match will be Robbie X versus Taiji Ishimori, which is a an unexpected little treat, and I think that one looks really good. I thought Robbie X was arguably the standout of the six way cruiserweight match at the Rev Pro show. So getting to see him uh, in singles action against Taiji Ishimori is a little tune-up match for Ishimori should be good fun I'm into that um, I don't know if you want to sort of, if you want me to just go through the whole card and you give me your overall thoughts afterwards or do you want to go match by match I'm just looking at the, the little note that we got <laughs> just fuck off Tony just fuck right off uh, alright what, what are you going to do um, alright so <laughs> yeah, do you want me to go match by match? Yeah, or should yeah, I just yeah, do the yeah, whole yeah. card? That distracted me. I'm sorry. That little text that we got. Uh, <laughs> it's all right. I understand. Uh, okay, so we've also got singles match with El Desperado versus Trent Seven. This is the only match on the card where I'm just that. That's a, a hand wave for me. As much as I love Despy, I've got zero interest in seeing Trent Seven, and I, I don't know why he keeps getting booked in these prominent spots. Uh, so, yeah, I liked him. Don't care. I'm sorry. One. I liked him before NXT. I really did. I, I, I enjoyed his work. Look, we all know the, the fucking shit that went down. All of it. I, I get it. But I, I, to me, there, that's, a, that's an example of a guy who just... 
I feel like made so many wrong decisions. It felt like so well, he he was yeah he was deep in the weeds when it came to the speaking out yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. So to me, like I can't you know you might have the the best match of the world. I still I can't shake that and. I, I don't like him. Don't want to see him wrestle. Uh, a singles match then, we have Yota Suji versus Luke Jacobs. Now, I can't fucking wait for that. That should be tremendous. We all know how good Suji is. If you've not seen Luke Jacobs versus Ishii from the Rev Pro Show, do go out of your way to find that because I've said before, Luke Jacobs is a, a, a wonderful talent. Uh, he reminds me of sort of 2016-2017 Walter. Mm-hmm. And I think this is someone that New Japan have an eye on. I think you have to... Um, Pay attention to the guys, Repro guys, who've been given singles opportunities here. And, you know, that is a, a big test for them. Like, that's a, I'm not going to say a direct trial for New Japan, but, you know, a lot of eyeballs on them uh, and a lot of important people watching. And if they deliver, then that's definitely going to open doors. And I think Luke Jacobs is one of them. Uh, fourth match, we've got the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship. So Drillon Maloney and Clark Connors defending against Leon Slater and Cameron Kai. Now, I hold my hands up. I've not seen any Cameron Kai, so I can't speak on that. But Leon Slater is another fantastic talent. He was really great in the... Uh, he had a, a singles match against Drillon Maloney at the Red Pro Show, and he was... Really, really good in that. So if you've not seen him before, you're in for a treat. So continuing that story between them. And yeah, Leon Slater, a guy that I would really like to see in Super Junior Tag League, probably a bit too soon. But if I had to put some money down, I I would hope to see Leon Slater feature in a a best of the Super Juniors in in the next couple of years, because I think he's got all the tools to to be uh, a success in the business. Uh, fifth match, we've got six-man tag with El Fantasmo, Tamatonga and Tangaloa against Alex Coglin, David Finlay and Gabe Kids. I mean, yeah, whatever. That, I'm sure that'll be fun. Uh, sixth match is Ren Narita and Shota Umino teaming against Francesco Akira and Gray Okan. So yet more potential World Tag League build-up here with Ren and Shota teaming, which I, I'm, I'm excited for. I think that's... Um, the, you know, the first time getting to see them teaming up. Um, well... I don't know if they did it as young lines, but the, what could be the genesis of a, uh, an exciting and fruitful tag partnership? Who knows? Uh, seventh match, we've got Sanada and Doki challenge, uh, challenging, well, having a match against Naito and Bushi. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, always fantasy Naito. Uh, we've got six-man tag, Tanahashi, Eddie Kingston and Michael Oku against Henare, Jeff Cobb and TJP. Mm-hmm. So, of course, Michael Oku was going to find his way onto this card somehow and I appreciate that he's been <laughs> hidden away on a six-man tag match. That is good booking, so well done to whoever did that. We've got a special singles match, Tomohiro Ishii versus Shingo Takagi, which is a match I've seen loads of times. I've, I, I, I've had my fill of it, so I can't say I'm uh, champing at the bit to see more of this, but you know, in front of the a raucous London crowd, yeah. then we might see something a bit special. Who knows? Um, I expect Shingo to win that because it seems, I don't know, it looks like he might be challenging for the, the Never title against Tamatonga. And the main event, IWGP US UK Championship, Will Ospreay defending against Zack Sabre Jr. Now, I saw some talk about this being a double title match with the TV title on the line, but I've not had that confirmed. I think it's just for the, the IWGP US UK title. But this should be great. I mean, the the bar for this is extremely high. If you are looking for what are some of the top singles matches that New Japan could put on right now, this would be somewhere near the top. You know, both guys having outstanding years, really strong wrestler of the year cases for both of them yep. in London, yep. in front of a copper box crowd yep. with a, a, a top, I, I consider a top championship on the line. Um, 
my expectations are very, very high here. As as they should, because yes, it, you know, let's 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 think about that for a second. Will Osprey, Zach Saber Jr., both. I mean, they are right there in the mix for wrestler of the year, right? I think they are on a lot of people's short list. Um, and to see, you know, it's not every day that in a, in a relatively small arena that you get to see two guys at the peak of their game, you know, wrestling in a match, singles, you know, unless, you know, this is a big time stadium. This is, this is, this is a, a pleasure, right? Um, and Zach having uh, undoubtedly a fantastic year, and it might even be a little bit under the radar. But whew. and here's the thing too. Um, look, I think Rev Pro being who they are and what they mean, and uh, the 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 weight that they carry in the British wrestling scene, and by no means am I an expert on the British wrestling scene, uh, they do have a responsibility um, to make sure that this is a safe, good environment for everyone, right? And I think everyone can agree with that. Uh, That being said, they consistently, consistently deliver when it comes to shows like this, right? To when it's time for them to step up and 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 have a show that is uh, showcasing not only their talent and and you know New Japan will have eyeballs on more than a few people on this show uh, to deliver argue I mean two singles matches uh, that quite honestly have greatness written all over it. Yes, we've seen Ishii and Shingo uh, more than a few times. Still going to be great. Still going to be awesome. And then Zach and Will on top of it. Look, I'm tipping my cap to to Rev Pro. Um, I don't know what they have done um, post uh, the the uh, terrible situation that that the British wrestling scene was in. I don't. I, I. I honestly don't know what they have done, if anything. Um, and I feel like they do have a responsibility to be a leader uh, because they are a leader. Uh, but from a wrestling show perspective, boy, they fucking hit the ball out of the park. They hit the ball out of the park, and uh, yeah, this this will be a, a must watch. This will be a must-watch this weekend, absolutely. And if you're a New Japan Pro Wrestling fan, uh, let's again, they're, they're they're apples and oranges to a certain degree. But let's see, like when we're talking about working with a promotion and and how your guys are being presented, and like from top to bottom, I think both people, both organizations, win from a from a relationship like this. So. Looking forward to it. You're a lucky man. I would love to be there. Yeah, I, I've said before, I think the, the New Japan will be leaning heavily on the Refro partnership uh, in 2024. So, yeah, I'm really excited. I think they put the best foot forward here. They, uh, they've put the guys on the card that I came away from the anniversary show wanting to see more of. So, 
yeah, uh, high expectations for this, you know, especially with that main event and the incredible Osprey Zach match they had. I'm thinking of a New Japan Cup semi final, maybe two or three years ago. I can't remember exactly how long ago it was, but that was so fucking good. Yeah. So this, you know, could could even top that. I'll be impressed if they do because that was a, a bona fide match of the year candidate. But uh, this this could be that. This could be that, especially if I've had a few drinks in me and, <laughs> and have been treated to a wonderful afternoon by all the the lovely. Super Jcast listeners who are going to be in attendance. Absolutely. Absolutely. Look at you. You're a lucky man. You're a lucky, lucky man. I'll be uh, sitting on my couch with my pants down. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. Let's uh, check in with Antonio oh. uh, before we get out yes. of here. So uh, strap yourself in. It's a long one. All right. Uh, I'm going to read it and do my best to sort of pass out uh, talking points on that. So. Already saw the podcast and enjoyed it. Glad you made your Champions League predictions and congrats for beating Man City, the UK team I support alongside Celtic. You know my boys, Paolo, Bernardo and Jota. Also enjoyed that Canadian team exempt that explained Benfica 22-23 in a nutshell. Like, you know, the good start was great to the point of being UCL contenders only to that vantage because of poor January market and player strike, aka Real 2, uh, Casho Fernandez forcing his transfer to Chelsea and treating SLV fans like sheep, which almost cost the season. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's not doing too great. He's not like the world on fire at Chelsea. So I suppose that's going to take some, uh, be, be quite a, an enjoyable thing for uh, Antonio. And yeah, thank you for throwing some love for our, our big win against City. That was a, a long time coming. Second question with Naito facing Sonata and possibly winning IWGP World Heavyweight Championship is going to pull Antonio Conte of, you know, finishing things that he started or not. Basically, is there a chance that Yotosuji said, we're going to see IWGP, IEG, and HY, or huh? that chance is more than dead because I love those belts. Um, have uh, even Pro Rest Flow and Gideon Gray have been begging like a lot of people for those belts to return. So, is there a single two percent chance they will return, or that's it? The titles are done and dusted. Thoggoths. Uh, so, do you, you think we see a return of the? Inter- I assume he means the Intercontinental Title and the and or the IWGP fourth. Uh, version of the belt. I don't think we see the latter. I think there is a non-zero chance of the IC title getting resurrected because there's uh, yeah. a fair amount of smoke with that. So I wouldn't, you know, maybe at the end of uh, Osprey, Zach, they say, right, we're rechristening the the US UK title as the Intercontinental title, get the white belt again. That I'm sure would get a, a huge reaction from the fans. Um, but I that that's more hope than expectation. Any Thoughts on Thoggoths on whether or not they bring that title back? <laughs> well, uh, let's work our way backwards, shall we? Uh, I would actually not mind that belt returning. I wonder who owns it. I wonder where it's at. Uh, if it's in somebody's like closet or underneath somebody's couch or something. Uh, I'd be curious. Now, I will uh, allow it back under one condition. We consolidate every other singles title into that belt. Fair enough. And I will go so far as to say this. Let's have a tournament where the uh, the New Japan TV champion, the holder of the US slash UK title, the KOP title, uh, the strong title, can all be in a pretty interesting tournament, right? To consolidate those titles into the Intercontinental title. How's that idea? Huh? I just made it so much interesting. Uh, uh, lastly, 
I, I don't ask much when it comes to this podcast. Uh, yes, we joke around of uh, would be great if you bought a T-shirt or uh, contributed money, and we always appreciate that. I'm going to make a request from each and every one of our thousands upon thousands of listeners. Can we find a way to donate cash money for our good friend, Antonio, to make it to this show so that there could be a face-to-face meeting <laughs> between you. Can you imagine the scenes, me and Antonio together? That, I bet you, you would have a fucking ball. He sounds like a guy that knows how to do it right. You know what I mean? Like I feel like he can, A, drink with the best of them, B, probably funny as fuck, and C... I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it out here. Probably got a big hog, right? <laughs> Just gonna throw it out there. Okay. <laughs> I could be wrong, but I'm gonna throw it out there. So, can we find a, a GoFundMe or a something where we can collect funds to make this happen? It has to be quick. It really does. Maybe is there a sugar daddy or sugar mama that can make this happen for Antonio? Have him fly in to London. Where, he, where is he from? Fucking Italy? Where is he from? Spain? Uh, Portugal. Portugal. I okay. I mean, we're talking similar distances, right? Uh, <laughs> right? Uh, Close right. enough, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's not like it's like saying New Jersey. Um, yeah. Flight. London Heathrow. Gets to, gets uh, the, the ticket to the show. Spends the night. Flies ass back home. With me? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Oh, obviously, yes. All that. Yes. Yes. Meet you, drinks, all that. Uh, again, he's got to pay for his own drink. You know, and Does he got- have to have full sex with me or is he just sleeping with me? Are we just sort of top of that, the listen, I'm going to let the magic there. happen wherever wherever it takes you, Joe. If, if uh, there's a connection, if there's a love connection, by all means. Yeah. I don't want to put too much pressure on it, no. Antonio. We'll just you know see, see what the vibes yeah. are. Yeah. I mean, you know, after a couple beers, I'm just saying. Um. Can we make that happen? And if that icy title comes out, oh <laughs> my lord! Just the all bets are off, oh my, my friend. God, Whew. <laughs> Joel, fuck, I'm sweating, David. Whoa. Joel, fucking fish hooking him. Take this. <laughs> oh, Antonio! All right, all right. Let's see if we can make that happen. Not even finished. Not even finished. There's more, Antonio. Oh Christ, Almighty! I only got halfway through his questions. That's halfway. Halfway. Oh, listen, yeah. I got a Phillies game to watch. I got the Leafs. Op- <laughs> they play tonight. Home. Come on. What are we doing here? All right. One more question. Can you can you parse it down to a, a sentence or two? I'm going to read the whole oh, thing Jesus and then I'm going to give a, a brief answer. Right. With playing like with playing with Deadwood like Chiquinho, but lucky SLB won the league last year. No, I'm not SLB fan. I support every Portuguese team, especially in you. First question: What's your and David favourite UCL game star so far? For me, it's Braga versus Union Berlin. Right. Uh, for me, it was Arsenal destroying PSV Eindhoven. Uh, it was very good. A dramatic game. Crowd was great. Third question: Very question one is Thogus on WWE going to Abima as the replacement for MMA content and Noah Fela in trying to piggyback viewers to watch their products since in Japan mm-hmm. and JPW. Cyberfight, Dragon Gate, and AJPW have more viewers than WWE, which, to be fair, reinforced the point that Ranty Review made in multiple videos regarding WWE and NXT in Japan as that American side stuff, which, to be fair, he's right, though. So what's your Thogus on the whole question? Thogus, also, since you guys... Uh, 
since my you guys number one fan oh. right so this is more joel than damon what? since more joel since damon doesn't watch aw with your guys thoggers especially joel on the paintings i did in regards to don Callis thoggers ps hope use it's on dynamite and on aw program because they're very sick took hours to do so yeah he's done some beautiful paintings uh which i might smash the the retweet button so you can all enjoy the paintings as well because like genuine if he's done them that that's good stuff um the abima situation i mean we've talked about that they're they're no threat they're, we're going to be fine. Everything's going to be A-OK for New Japan. NXT Japan, I I don't think it's going to happen. I think it would just be a, a colossal waste of money that I don't think the, the parent company would be, the, you know, they're not they're not idiots. Yeah. It, would, it would just seem like a daft thing to do because WWE are making money hand over fist at the moment through uh, <laughs> low effort uh, TV content and, the, you know, the Saudi stuff. It would just, it would seem, now that they've got, shareholders to answer to rather than just Vince McMahon's um, personal perversions, then uh, I just, I can't, I can't see it being a success, even if it does happen. I mean, there've been some sort of off offhand comments from uh, Triple H that this might be something that they're interested in, but uh, I'll believe it when I see it. I agree with that. Uh, and I think a lot of people say a lot of things just to kind of, you know, get, Juices flowing and people talking about the product and blah, blah, blah. All right. Uh, uh, let me ask you this. Portuguese food. <laughs> Looking at port- fantastic seafood. Uh, Nando's. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, looking down here. I mean, it looks great. There's this one thing. Uh, sardine. They like the sardines, do they? Um, I, I'm not a big fan of the sardine. Are you a big fan of the sardine? No. Yeah. No, I don't like them at all. Sorry. I don't like fish heads. No, I've just a- alienated all the sardine fan <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Fuck that. Should be dropping a few more. <laughs> in, in our sardines. <laughs> oh, these, these, the, the Reddit group, our sardines, now has heat. With Fucking the super sardine <laughs> stands coming after me again. <laughs> Uh, uh, the Braves just scored. Fuck them. I hate the Braves. Um, all right. Yeah. Uh, the uh, our sardines, our apologies. Um, please, please don't take out your hate. Go fuck yourselves. All I right. wonder if there's an R sardine. No, yeah. I gotta look. Like, we can't leave it on that note. I gotta, I gotta see if there's R. We can look at my Reddit. Sardines. Sardines. How do you spell sardines? S A R D I N. recipes i don't know if there's an no there is one but it says it's for the it's for the game sardines no uh i don't know there was a game called sardines it says if you want to talk to canned fish for some reason go to our canned sardines so there is a subreddit canned sardines all right (laughs) talk about canned sardines and post it to the top canned sardines will go dark 48 hours from june 12th to 14th in protest of reddit's api changes so oh you know maybe that could that might have been the last straw the straw that broke the camel's back (laughs) (laughs) when our canned sardines decided to show their solidarity (laughs) with the new shit was going bad yeah i love it that's good good for them you know what i'm a big fan oh this is this i gotta be honest have you looked through some of these pictures it's unbelievably fucking gross (laughs) (laughs) It's just, I'm just gonna I'm gonna post oh, this to, uh, to Twitter yeah, just, with no, no yep just no comments, just no our context. sardine our canned sardine oh yeah. so gross okay well hey listen you like what you like good for you guys all right let's wrap that up now I think we're done right 
Yeah, we're done. All right, redcircle.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash J dash cast. Contribute money to the Get Antonio to Royal Quest Fund. Um, uh, ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash Super Jcast for our t-shirts. Thank you to Editor Dan. Buy him a drink as yes. well when you see him uh, at Royal Quest. And find him on Twitter at LousyHero219. Follow us on Twitter at Super Jcast. Thank you everyone for listening and goodbye. My name's Neil David, and I'm the host of Euro Graps Express, the podcast exclusively dedicated to the wrestling of Europe. If it's wrestling and it happens in Europe and it's good, we talk about it. Whether it's RevPro, Progress, WXW, Passion Pro, Pro Wrestling Chaos, Pro Wrestling North, we don't care, we talk about them all. If it's good and it's exciting, I want to share it with you. We're on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Check us out on the feed. Check us out on Twitter at EuroGrapsEXP. And join us for chat about European wrestling and a little bit of chat about cheese. Hopefully see you there.